Blog Talk Radio. Hello and welcome to our program today. My name is Ellie Nieves and I'm a speaker, a writer, and a leadership coach. I'm also the founder and president of Leadership Strategies for Women, where I coach women just like you to help you develop the confidence and leadership skills that you need to achieve your best in every area of your life. To learn more about Leadership Strategies for Women, you can visit my webpage at www.leadershipstrategiesforwomen.com. And while you're there, you can sign up for my free monthly newsletter, and you'll receive seven leadership strategies for success in life and business. And today, I'm also pleased to invite you to take part in my newly developed Leadership Strategies for Women program, Show Up, Speak Up, and Step Up. As a women's leadership development coach, I will guide you step-by-step on how you can show up, speak up, and step up in your career, business, and personal life. My proven leadership strategies will launch you to personal and professional success. During the coaching program, you'll learn strategies that will help you to develop your leadership skills, communicate with confidence, establish your credibility and personal presence, be recognized for your contributions, and pave a path to promotion. With my Leadership Strategies for Women and Proven Show Up, Speak Up, and Step Up program, you'll develop a fast-track plan to professional and personal success that will get you results and earn you the recognition that you deserve. The program consists of five focused 90-minute leadership telecoaching sessions beginning on Tuesday, July 14th. For more information on the coaching program, you can check out the events section of my website at www.leadershipstrategiesforwomen.com. The topic of our show today is communicating with impact. Just a few weeks ago, we talked about how too often women's voices are not heard in the workplace. We discussed some of the reasons why, and we learned that women can become better leaders and be more influential by improving the way that they speak, managing the tone of their voice, and the language that they use. And today, we're going to continue our discussion on communication skills so that you can become a better leader with greater influence and credibility. Our guest today is Diane DeResta, and Diane DeResta is an internationally recognized expert on the art of public speaking and commanding more influence at work. Through hands-on training and coaching, she gets people exercising greater influence in every business situation with audiences of one to a thousand. As a top speech communications and media coach, she shows clients how to communicate with greater impact and project a more powerful presence. Diane earned her MS degree from Columbia University. She's a certified speech pathologist and author of two books, Knockout Presentations, How to Deliver Your Message with Power, Punch, and Pizzazz, an Amazon.com category bestseller, and a widely used text in college business communication courses, Conversations on Success. Diane, welcome to the show. Thanks, Ellie. It's great to be here. Wonderful to have you on. Diane, can you uh, tell us about your background and how you decided to become a communications expert and coach? Sure. I don't know that I decided consciously. I think I evolved that way. But my background, as you mentioned, is in speech pathology. So for 10 years, I worked in the New York City schools with children who had speech and language impairments. And then from there, I made a career change into the corporate sector. And that's where I started doing stand-up training skills. I did management development at Solomon Brothers. I was an assistant vice president at Drexel Burnham doing recruiting for people on the trading floor. And after a while, I realized I loved what I did, but I wanted to do it for myself. So I started out in my own business, first freelancing, 
And then I developed my own programs and products, and here I am, blank number of years later. Fabulous. (laughs) (laughs) Now, can you tell me how speaking is the new competitive weapon? It definitely is. I've been in this business a long time, and I've seen the need for this skill increase, especially now. You would think in hard economic times it wouldn't be, but more and more people need it because every service, every product has become a commodity, meaning you can come up with the newest technology, and a few months, a year down the road, your competitor can create the same thing, and now it's nothing more than competing against price. So what sets you apart from your competitors is your presentation. It's the relationship. And so the ability to speak and communicate in a way that is compelling and that is persuasive can make or break a sale. It can sustain a relationship. And that's why it's so important to have speaking skills today. It helps you to set yourself above the fray. And what are some of the most common speaking mistakes that people make? Well, there are a number of them. I'd say the number one mistake is not being prepared and lacking focus. I find that most people know their content, they have good information, but it doesn't go anywhere. It goes out in all directions, people start to ramble, they don't connect the message to the audience. So what I show people how to do is to create laser-like focus. And once you start with focus, then everything else falls out from there. And what are some of the techniques you use to help people be more focused? Well, I can give you a technique right, way, right now that's very easy. Fill in the blank. At the end of the presentation, the audience will blank. The answer to that blank is your outcome. And before you ever start organizing your talk, you want to start there. You want to be crystal clear about your intention because it's your intention that will create and demonstrate what you want. So, for example... Are you trying to persuade someone? Are you trying to inform them? Is your purpose to entertain or motivate? You want to be very specific as to what you're doing and why. A wonderful uh, piece of advice there. And tell me, how can people improve their speaking? Well, you know, there are a number of ways to improve speaking. And you asked me earlier, why did I become a communications expert? I've seen and experienced the power of a spoken word to change lives. And... I want to tell people that this is not something that is innate. Certainly some people are born with a gift, but anybody can be effective in the way that they speak and communicate. And so what you want to be able to do is understand what does confidence look like, what does it sound like, and how do you speak the language of confidence. And that's the approach I use when I'm training, coaching, and speaking. It's taking one skill at a time and helping you understand how to do it and do it consistently. When people see how simple it is, they gain confidence. When you start to feel confident, you project confidence, and then your audience responds. That's great advice. That's that's something similar to what I do when I give a a workshop that's entitled uh, The Secret to Becoming a Confident Woman. I always ask the question at the beginning of of the program, what does a confident woman look like? And it's interesting how it's all very visual, but they're more concerned about with, with what the woman is wearing versus how the woman is carrying herself. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, your attire is a visual shorthand, and so I do spend time 
talking about how you want to dress depending on what the message is, what the audience is. But yes, it's commanding a room. It's your presence. And one of the first things we work on is how do you create presence on the platform, whether your platform is a stage or a desk. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. how do you show up and how do you show up powerfully. Now tell me about some of the differences between presenting yourself on a stage and presenting yourself at a meeting and in a conference table or behind your desk because there is a difference in how you carry yourself and how you're uh, projecting your presence. Essentially, when you are speaking from a stage, it's bigger, it's bolder. So the same principles apply, and I'll often demonstrate when I'm standing up and I'll say, you may be presenting in a, power, a PowerPoint presentation standing up, but you may also be presenting a meeting update sitting down at a desk. Here's the difference. Same skill, but smaller. So, for example, one of the things that you want to do is use gestures. If you're on a stage, it's important to use more space and have more expansive gestures. When you're at a table, you still want your hands above the waist. You want them on the table. You want a gesture, but they're smaller and closer to the chest. So in one way, it's a matter of scale. Great. And what if you're not a public speaker? Everybody is a public speaker. And that's one of the myths that I, I explode in my book. In my, my book is called Knockout Presentations. And right now we are in the second edition. After 10 years, this book is still selling. And there are a lot of myths out there, and that's one of them. Everybody is a public speaker. Public speaking is not standing at a podium on a stage. Public speaking is speaking to a couple of people. You're always on stage. You're always presenting yourself. Even a phone call is a form of public speaking. When people tell me that they don't give presentations, I'll ask them, do you leave voicemails? <laughs> well, that is a presentation. And many times people don't call us back because we haven't done it effectively. And what's an effective way to leave voicemail? Short and sweet. <laughs> I, I did a program one time, 10 Ways to Get People to Return Your Phone Call. One of the mistakes people make is they talk too long, they ramble, and they don't leave their phone number in a way that people will remember it. So I can't tell you how many times I've had to rewind to hear the phone number. Say it slowly and pause between the numbers. Leave it at the beginning of the message, at the end of the message. Why? Because some people don't want to listen to the whole message, but they'll hear who you are and your phone number and want to call you back. And then at the end, they may have not written it down, so say it once more slowly. 212-345-6700. Eight nine, give them time to write it down. Great advice. Very great advice. Now, are there different types of speaking styles? There are different types of speaking styles, and the style should be adapted to the audience. So, for example, when you're talking to a sales group, what they value is more fun, more animation, more passion, more stories, more excitement competitive games if if that's available. So you want to change your style to fit the audience. If you're speaking to a scientific audience, you will lose credibility using those techniques. So you want to be more focused on the research, the statistics. You want to have a lot of evidence and data and proof sources, and you want to tone it down compared to the way you would speak to a sales group. So yes, there are different styles. And 
sometimes the style is what is the mismatch. And so with certain cultures, you want to be fast, quick, to the point. With other cultures, you want to be slower, more methodical, more analytical. Mm-hmm. So to be an effective speaker the, the onus is on you, not on the audience. You need to change your style to fit the audience, and that's a challenge that people have. Mm-hmm. So you can be very effective in one venue and be totally ineffective in another because you haven't switched. Mm-hmm. And that's true with culture, too. If you go to certain parts of the country, you're going to change the way you speak. When I go to Memphis, where I have a, an account there, I, the first day I'll say, am I speaking too fast? If I'm speaking too fast, let me know, and I'll slow down. And I find by the end of the week, I'm almost with a southern accent. I'm much slower. So it's about pacing and matching your audience. Mm -hmm. And you do that with voice. You do that with body language. You do that with tempo. And that's the key to persuasion and influence. People tend to like people who are like them. And so it's how do you get into a rhythm and a sync and, and get in sync with people so that you're matching their style. Mm-hmm. So, Diane, how can someone overcome nerves in public speaking? Well, here's one of the myths that I explode. Who said you shouldn't be nervous? That adrenaline is that rush that makes you dynamic. So I don't think you want to avoid nervousness, but you want to manage it. And so the way you manage it is physically through the breathing, mentally through the messages that you're giving, behaviorally by rehearsing and knowing your message. And you can also create anchors for yourself where you can imagine yourself in a certain state of excellence where you were confident at one point and that anchor that in some place in your body, whether it's pressing your fingers together or pressing a point on your knee, but getting that feeling so that the next time you are in that situation, you just access that gesture and you'll get that feeling back. But in my book, Knockout Presentations, I have a whole chapter devoted to controlling nervousness, and it's in four categories, physical, mental, behavioral, and chemical. And when I talk about chemical, I'm talking about certain supplements or teas that may make you feel more relaxed and certain foods to avoid that can make you more jittery. Mm. But here's the most important thing. Your audience wants you to succeed. Mm -hmm. They're They're not out to get you. They're really on your side. So don't give so much power to the audience. In fact, when you're nervous, you're actually being self-centered. It's all about me and my nervousness. So Mm -hmm. forget about it. It's not about you. It's about the audience. And Diane, tell me about some of the other themes that you touch on in your book, Knockout Presentations. Well, one of the things, aside from exploding the myths, is the difference between sizzle and steak. And I resolve that issue, which is more important, the sizzle, the delivery, or the steak, the content. And I'm not going to tell you the answer that I came up with. You're going to have to read the book, which you can find on Amazon. But that's a whole chapter devoted to the importance of content and delivery. And another area that's important is how to be persuasive. 
I have a chapter in there called Listener-Centered Communication, which gives you a step-by-step -step template on how actually to organize your talk to get maximum input. I just finished a, pre a presentation today. I was doing a training program at a company which was presentation skills for non-natives. These are people who are here for a few years from a different country, and they have challenges in credibility, in influencing because of the way they present and because of their cultural differences. And so I was showing this, this technique using their content, and they all said, would you give my presentation for me? That's so <laughs> perfect. And yet I don't know their content whatsoever, mm -hmm. but I know how to fill in the blanks and deliver it in a persuasive way. And so much so that I've now created a tool online called SpeechMakerSite.com, which will enable you to go in there and decide whether you want to organize and write a persuasive or a, an informational talk, and it will take you through the steps using my template. Mm -hmm. Diane, I have a number of people that tune into the show, men and women, but you know my focus is on women. Mm -hmm. Just ask you some women communication specific type questions. Mm -hmm. How important is it for a woman in the workforce to develop her speaking skills? It's very important. It's important for everybody, but especially for women, because what public speaking does is it levels the playing field. A lot of times, women may be excluded because there's a, a boys' club, there's a glass ceiling. And so, how do you break that barrier? You need to be visible. And one of the best ways to gain visibility in your career is through speaking. I'm working with a client right now, a senior person, and one of the things I've advised her is to get out there and be more visible. So she's now going out both internally and externally speaking at trade organizations, professional associations, so that her name gets out. There was some research on senior corporate women. Now, this was not true of entrepreneurs, but definitely corporate senior women. And what they discovered is they did not have good networks because they were so isolated and insulated and busy doing their jobs that they had nothing beyond that. So women need to be encouraged to get their net networks expanded beyond their, their current company. And public speaking is a great way to do that, whether it's in your community, whether it's a professional association. And if you're nervous, start by being on a panel, but get out there and speak. I wholeheartedly agree, especially about uh, senior executive women, how they lock themselves into their jobs. They're, they get so focused that they forget to build networks. And it's definitely one of the things that I coach women on. Mm -hmm out there establishing networks, establishing themselves as experts to continue to build their personal brand, and that will actually not only just enhance their personal value to themselves, but also to their companies. So it will make them more valuable to their companies. Absolutely, because now you are the brand for the company, and you're getting out there, you're speaking, and it's more publicity for the company. It's also a very powerful tool for entrepreneurs, and it is not leveraged and definitely underutilized. I get business from speaking engagements, and the reason it's powerful is because it's like test driving a car. People see you in action, they know what they're getting, and it lowers the risk. Mm -hmm. So I was speaking at a marketing association, and someone said, some of our research people in our company could really use this. I would never have known that and would not have gotten into that company had he not hear, heard me speak that night. So it can be a very powerful tool, cost-effective, 
You don't have to send out a lot of expensive mailings. Mm-hmm. You just need to get in front of the right people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And what are some of the most common challenges that women encounter with regard to their speaking skills in the workplace? Well, I find that women are more perfectionistic than men. And so they will hold themselves back. They won't take a step until it's perfect. I had one woman that I coached, and she was getting very nervous speaking, and we tried to figure out what it was. And at one point, she got up and was speaking for about 10 minutes and started to choke up. And I said, okay, let's stop here. Tell me, what's going on in your mind right now? And she said, I'm wondering what you're thinking about me. And I laughed to myself, and I said, To tell you the truth, I wasn't thinking about you. I was trying to understand your content. So it's that perfectionistic feeling of I've got to be perfect, and what if I'm not? What are people thinking? So that is is a major issue for women. Another thing is not taking credit and not speaking up enough, Mm -hmm. and that has to do with self-promotion. So waiting for other people to credit you or – waiting for that moment when there's silence and you can present your idea at a meeting instead of taking the initiative because that moment may never come. So sometimes you just have to break in and speak. Mm -hmm. Speak up and speak out, as you mentioned. Mm -hmm. In fact, I recently developed a program for women. It was a half day called Speaking Skills for Women, and it was my first public seminar. And it, it went extremely well. And now it's leading to business in companies, and they're saying, I want to bring this in-house, because they realize women do have certain issues, especially when they're working in a male environment. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And what are some strategies to overcoming the most common challenges that women face with being in the workplace? Well, one of the strategies I use is overcoming negative beliefs, because what you think is going to manifest. So it's hard to hide who you are. The first thing you want to do is identify what are the negative beliefs that you have. And when it comes to speaking, let me tell you, there are many. They're saying, I'm not good at this. Uh, All eyes are at me. What if I trip? I I can't. I don't like speaking. There are all these negative messages going on. So the first thing is to identify them, get them out in the open, and then create an opposite more affirming statement that they can use. And this is a very powerful exercise when you begin to do this. So first, it's mindset. It has to begin with your mindset. Your thoughts are truly creative, and if you are thinking negatively about yourself, that is what you're going to experience because you'll hold yourself back or you'll somehow sabotage your success. So first and foremost, program your mind for success. That's wonderful advice. And tell me, on on a personal level, what are some of your secrets to personal and business success? Well, the first thing is you, you need to be good at what you do and you need to be passionate. So I am passionate about what I do. I'm very excited. And I know I'm in the right business because I could be tired. And when I get in there and I start speaking, all of a sudden I'm energized. So what is my secret? I would say you need to be passionate and like what you do. And you need to be good at it. You also need to be persistent. I've been in the business for a long time. I've been through recessions, and my accountant and I used to joke that I was the barometer of the economy because he would say, (laughs) are they hiring you? And if I said yes, he knew things were good. And if I said no, he knew things were bad because in recessions, consulting and speaking is the first thing that's cut. But be persistent. Don't give up. Keep going. 
And then the third and most important secret is relationships, relationships, relationships. My philosophy is people before profits. You have to care, and people know when you care. And it's all in the follow-up. I'm now involved in this online tool to creatively follow up with your clients because you have to be in the client retention business. I have had clients for 10 years and longer, and when you have those good working relationships, they will take you from account to account because we all know that when somebody leaves a company and someone new comes in, they want to bring in their own people. So when you have someone who really trusts and likes and respects your work, they will continue to do business with you. But you need to follow up. And so if anyone is interested, they can send me an email or go to my website and ask me about creativefollowup.com, and you'll find a way that you can stay in touch with your client very creatively. Great. And Diane, you're an author of two books, and some of my listeners are entrepreneurs and also considering writing books. What were some of your strategies when you started writing your books? When I started writing the book, it was challenging and difficult because I am not a trained writer, but I did have something to say. So I, I got mentors. I had one friend who gave me some processes on, on how to do it. I had other people I would call in and check in with. But I had to honor my own process, which was more creative than linear. So I would sometimes start in the middle of the book, or I'd start at Chapter 2. And there would be days when I would sit at the computer and not get up until the end of the day. And then there would be weeks that went by and I didn't write at all. So I would say, try to get a process, find mentors, find an accountability buddy, but honor your process. I couldn't be as structured and linear as some of the other writers are. But it's your passion. If, if you have a goal and you want to do it, you'll find a way to do it. And how long did the process take you? It took me 15 months to write the book, but that was while I was doing my business full-time. There are some people who are very fortunate, like Wayne Dyer, who will get a big advance and he'll go to Hawaii and he'll do nothing but write. I don't have that luxury, so I had to do it in between. There are ways to do it in less time, but for a first-time writer, that's what it took me. Mm -hmm. And you said a very important word earlier when I asked you about some of your personal secrets to success. You said the word persistence. Uh, can you tell me where you find the persistence in your soul to continue to keep driving forward? That is a difficult question to answer because I don't know. It's how badly you want something, how much you like it, and it's the belief that nothing remains the same. So you learn when you're in the consulting industry to ride out the tough times and to find new creative ways of working and making money. But I would have to say it's because I love what I do, and so I stay with it. And the other way is to find positive people and resources. What's helped me is our associations where I get energy. Right now I'm in a Vistage group, which is a think tank for entrepreneurs, and I remember in March I lost my oldest cat and was going through a mourning, a mourning process, a grieving process. And yet when I went to that meeting, I was so high by the time I finished at 12 o'clock in the afternoon that I, I was energized again. So find those associations, those groups, and those people who can energize and motivate you and who really believe in you. 
That's great advice. Like I, I see that a lot of solopreneurs tend to become very isolated, mm-hmm. and that's one of the things that could bring them down and prevent them from being persistent. So I think that's awesome advice. Yeah, and especially if you have a home office. Mm-hmm. So you need to get out. I'm a big fan of Starbucks. <laughs> I hang out there a lot because even though I have moved out of a home office for the past three or four years, when I am at home, I find that it's too distracting. So if I don't have clients on a particular day, I may say, I don't want to commute. I can do this work at home. And then I end up taking my reading and I go to Starbucks mm-hmm. because I can focus better there. Right. I don't mean to plug Starbucks, but I honestly <laughs> do spend a lot of time there. So, Diane, we're down to one minute. Can you tell me how clients uh, or potential listeners can uh, get in contact with you and learn about your program? They can go to my website, www.deresta.com. That's D as in David, I-R-E, S as in Sam, T as in Thomas, A.com. And you can also go to speechmakersite, S-I-T-E, dot com, to look at how to organize and write a presentation. That's wonderful. And do you have any upcoming programs that you're offering or any upcoming speeches that you'll be delivering? That are for the public? Yes. I don't know that I have something right this minute. I'm working on something for July, but that wouldn't wouldn't be the public so much as people who are members of the organization. So if I do come up with something that is broader, I will let you know. Okay, great. That's wonderful. Well, Diane, thank you so much for being a guest on our show today. You have provided us with some phenomenal information and advice that our listeners can definitely put into action immediately. And to all my listeners, thank you so much for tuning in. If you like what you heard today, drop me a line on Facebook and let me know what you thought. And when you get a moment this week, check out my articles on leadership development for women on examiner.com. You can link directly to the articles from my webpage at www www.leadershipstrategiesforwomen.com. Again, thank you so much for tuning in. Until next week, God bless.